0: The Southern Arizona Real Estate Show. I am Tom Lafayette. I am a realtor here in Southern Arizona. I work for Tierra Antigua Realty, focusing kind of in the southern part of Tucson, Arizona, Saurita Green Valley. Very excited for today's guest. Uh, I do have with us Annie Barmore. And always good to talk with her. She's a very good friend of, of Heather and I, Heather, of course, being my wife. Uh, if you need to check out previous episodes of the Southern Arizona Real Estate Show, we are in a bunch of locations, Spotify and Anchor being one of them, uh, Google Podcast. Uh, we found our iTunes account. Very excited about that. Now I know we're on iTunes as well. I know a lot of people subscribe to that. Subscribe, like it. If you need to get a hold of us, we are at the Southern Arizona Real Estate Show on Facebook. You can reach us at Southern Arizona Real Estate Show at gmail.com. You can even give me a call on the phone, 520. 520- two two one one zero three nine with any comments questions or concerns before i get to talking to annie i of course have to go through my legal spiel the views and the southern arizona real estate show are solely those of its participants and do not reflect the views and opinions of any real estate agent of realtors their owners agents partners or affiliates now that i got that out of the way
1: i am big on that you are
0: big on that you are the one who told me that I have to have a disclaimer at the beginning of my podcast, so I do not get any trouble. How many years has it taken you to realize that I need to put a legal disclaimer at the beginning of my show? How long have you been doing this?
1: I've been doing this for almost 15 years. Yeah? Yeah. Um, Moved to Arizona in 2003, got licensed in 2004, and fell in love with real estate.
0: Uh, Were you an agent to begin?
1: I was an agent to begin with, Um, my late husband's family had been in real estate and so I knew a little bit about it but was not licensed in California and moved to Tucson area, realized that the job market was much different than the Bay Area where I had come from and I wanted to work for myself and real estate fit the bill.
0: Yeah, I I know you can get a half-million-dollar home a little bit bigger here than you can in the Bay Area. (laughs) That much I know. I haven't been in real estate in California, and I've only been doing this a little while here. But I I do realize that, yeah, you get a lot more for your buck here in Tucson, Arizona.
1: You absolutely do, and certainly you have a lot of more sunny days in Tucson, Arizona.
0: Well, absolutely. Uh, Now, what would make you get out of actually buying and selling real estate and into being in a position that you have now?
1: Prior to getting into real estate, I'd been in many middle management positions. And so when I got into real estate and a sales manager position came along, The aspect of being a manager was something that I was so familiar with and I was really excited to be able to help new agents with their career and um, help clients in real estate. I was able to do both at the same time.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, What's the one thing that comes across your desk most often as a manager? That that a new agent would need to know about, or even an experienced agent might need to know about, or or somebody who's looking to buy or sell their home, you know, what what might what might one of those things be that you know you see on a pretty regular basis?
1: I think on a pretty regular basis for someone that's looking to buy or sell, it's really understanding the market value of their home and having reasonable expectations for the worth of their home mm-hmm. and days on market and how quickly it's likely to sell. Really, the basics of being prepared to be either a buyer or a seller.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you find that people are usually not prepared for for that? They they don't have the house ready to sell. Maybe it needs paint. Maybe it needs some updates. Or do you feel for the most part, people are usually ready to have their house on the market?
1: You know, I bet it's about a 50-50 split. Um, I think that a lot of sellers are not prepared to have their house on the market, and they're certainly not prepared for how quickly it may sell, Mm -hmm. and again, it's really giving them an accurate picture of the market, what buyers are looking for, their expectations and then the seller needing to have a plan and being ready to execute it once they close escrow.
0: Yeah. Now, the the one question I get asked at uh, open houses is, well, well, how's the market? What's the market doing? Is it a buyer's market? Is it a seller's market? What is your answer to these people?
1: Well, my answer to these people is right now it is a seller's market. Um, we do have a shortage of inventory in our area and I think that many people aren't aware of that. Mm -hmm. Um, However, we also, even though it is a seller's market, we do have very savvy consumers who have an expectation of um, the type of home and the type of repairs that they the condition of the home when it goes on the market. Mm -hmm. So even though it's a seller's market, I think that buyers are wanting um, homes that have been well-maintained and that are in good condition.
0: Sure. Yeah. Move-in ready means different things to different people.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: You know, I've, I've sat homes that... You know, yeah, you could move into it, but it does need new carpet. It does need some paint. There, There is, you know, some ceiling fans that, you know, aren't in great shape, stuff like that. So we're getting into the summer now, and we've almost hit 100 degrees a couple of times. It's actually a nice day out there. It's actually a nice day out there today. Uh, do we see a drop-off in business come these summer months in southern Arizona when the temperature is 80 degrees at night, and it's 100 and 110 during the day. Has that been your experience?
1: It has been my experience in the past, but I will say that every year it seems like we have more and more people buying and selling throughout the year rather than having a true season, Mm -hmm. specifically in Green Valley or a true season in the Sarita area. Um, And one thing for buyers and sellers to keep in mind, maybe especially sellers, is buyers who make an offer in the summer months are pretty serious about it. They've come here typically, checked it out. They may even be here in the summer months to see if they can tolerate our wonderful weather. Sure. And then they're making their offer. And so I think their offers are oftentimes... um, more serious mm-hmm. than, than maybe someone that's just throwing out an offer in the winter when they're here visiting.
0: Oh, well that's good news for me because I don't want to see a drop off in business come the summertime.
1: You know, my experience is that most of the real estate agents that I know that want to be busy and are out there actively working are staying busy Yeah, and they're finding clients
0: Uh, You have been the recipient of a new position, I believe, at the Arizona Association of Realtors?
1: Yeah, that is correct. I um, have the honor of representing uh, my region, or our region, for um, the Arizona Association of Realtors, so I'm representing Region 5, which is Southern Arizona, and I am the Vice President for 2020 and 2021 for Region 5 to AAR.
0: Congratulations.
1: Well, thank you. I'm really excited about it.
0: What does this entail? This is a volunteer position.
1: It is a volunteer position. It is a position that you are elected to. And what it is, is it's basically a liaison between Arizona Association of Realtors and the local associations. So I will be meeting with the associations like the Green Valley Sarita Association of Realtors, the Tucson Association of Realtors, um, the associations in Douglas, Benson, Sierra Vista areas, and finding out what their needs are as an association, what their plans are going forward taking their needs and their plans to the Arizona Association of Realtors and vice versa, and bringing information back from the Arizona Association of Realtors to the local associations. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the premise of the position.
0: Uh, Does that involve, like, the continuing education, the uh, code of ethics, that kind of stuff?
1: It can involve that. It is really about what are the current needs of the local associations versus what um, the... Association of Realtors uh, is doing on a statewide level okay. and how can we mesh those together and so certainly, what some of those needs could be evolved around education and, and for continuing education or education in terms of marketing and social media and being pertinent in your area or um, or other things. I, mean, yeah. I kind of lost my turn of the That's all right.
0: Because I was talking, uh, our last podcast was, was with uh, Jim Hogan. Mm-hmm. And uh, he spoke of the the school's duty to you know prepare you for this exam, not so much uh, how to market yourself, how to sell real estate. They left that to each individual agency. Because he said he tried that in the past without much success. Uh, so it's, it's interesting that the Hogan School gets you ready for the, the exam, basically. And some of those kind of nuts and bolts, mm-hmm. uh, contract writing, that kind of stuff. They do do continuing edu- education. But it, it's interesting how it differs from place to place education as to how, how to, to, you know, do a listing presentation and stuff like that i I have noticed talking to you, talking to people at other uh realty uh agencies same yep, we're all trying to do the same thing
1: right we we're trying to accomplish the same goals and Tom, I think you're right that nobody does it quite the same. They I don't. think there are some basics out there um in terms of networking with the public, holding open houses um making sure that you network with your peers and other agents going to your association meetings if your association does a tour going on tour knowing the local market but everybody goes about it a little bit differently and i think even individual agents go about it differently within the same brokerage Mm -hmm. And um, you almost put your own personality on to your marketing style, somewhat that you're doing with your podcast.
0: Yeah. Uh, Now, you you are in charge of the mentor program at your company, at your agency.
1: I am. I um, came to Realty Executives a little over three and a half years ago. And because I had a background with another brokerage in in training... um, I wanted to still continue to be able to do some of that, so I put together along with John Dwyer, the president of Realty Executives Tucson Elite, a mentoring program that's a very exclusive program. Unlike other companies that may be focusing on hiring a large number of new licensees, Executives primarily works with agents that are experienced and work at a I wanted to be able to have a program for new licensees that had the potential of reaching that executive level quickly, so I developed a mentoring program, and it is kept to um, a very low number of, say, no more than 20, 22 agents in the program at any one time, and it's. Uh, very much a hands-on program designed for the individual agent and the learning style that they are most comfortable with.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How does one pick that out of a crowd? You, you you say it's it's for these new agents that normally this company does has experienced agents and, and but you say you want to bring new agents in and the ones that have potential to do this and I didn't know what that looks like.
1: Um, I, it is partially by personality and speaking with a new agent and getting a a sense of what it is that they want to achieve in real estate, um, how quickly do they want to reach their success level in real estate, however they've defined that, Mm -hmm. um, are they interested in being part of a real estate team? Are they interested in building their um, own individual career? What is it that they want to do with that? Yeah. And so it's just picking out the personalities and the person that um, has the goals similar to um, our company's goals and and vision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think realistic goals are part of that as well.
1: Yes, very much so. And sometimes it's that agent having realistic goals, but also having the time to put into building their career and and achieving those goals versus someone that might want to work full-time and dabble in real estate here and there and maybe close one or two transactions a year. Mm Mm-hmm. That's probably not someone that would be ideal for my mentoring program, but sure. certainly, um, you know, could still be successful in a real estate career at that level.
0: Yeah, uh, how important is it to know what's going on in your community? I live in Rancho Saurita. Rita. How important is it for me to know the houses for sale in Sau Rita or what the market's doing?
1: Well, I always think it's important to know your community because you're going to be out, um, you know, doing different things, living in that community and meeting different people who are always going to ask you about the real estate market. Yeah. It may not be that you focus as, um, as an individual on that community. That varies from agent to agent whether they want to focus on selling real estate where they live or not. But it's always important to know the community. And one of the things about um, the real estate industry that many people don't know is how much realtors give back in terms of volunteering and and um, charitable functions within their community.
0: Yeah. It, well, I, I think they're still under uh, maybe a dark cloud, real estate agents. It kind of lumped in there with... Uh... Maybe used car salesman is usually the the one that you kind of hear them get lumped with. Well, I just I just had to turn off my phone. It was my brother calling, and he is a used car salesman. So <laughs> to paint me and him with the same brush is you're going to be a little bit correct. But I'm not talking uh, professional wise, but it's my brother, so we're you know kind of the same. But but there I think there is still that. uh factor that a, a real estate agent maybe isn't that giving, maybe a little more on the, the, the me side, the selfish side, and that tends to not be the case from your experience.
1: No, not at all. And I, I think that I agree with you that that we as real estate agents oftentimes don't communicate and tell um, people in the community what it is that we do do. We yeah. tend to do things and keep very quiet about it. Yeah. And I'm not sure why that is, but... I know that there is a emphasis in the Green Valley Sarita Association of Realtors on doing charitable events several times a year for the community. I know that that's true uh, for the Tucson Association and for uh, the Sierra Vista Association of Realtors, um, um, the um, Santa Cruz County Board of Realtors as well. well I think every association that i'm aware of is very engaged in giving back to the community. Mhm.
0: Yeah, they just i know they just had the there was a golf tournament uh for the Southern Arizona Food Bank. I know that was something that just happened recently.
1: There was. That, that was just last Friday and my understanding is it was very very successful. Mm-hmm. And i know the participation with the local um realtors was was really good.
0: Yeah. Uh now that's where uh the internet can be used to someone's benefit to to get the word out through facebook through instagram through you know social networking as to you know realtors and realty agencies do do this and and we're not just you know trying to get our you know xyz out of this you know we're not just trying to buy and sell homes and you know make our money and move on and you know not care about the the community or the customer at all but you and i were both at the tucson association association of realtors forecast has it it, almost two months ago now
1: yeah where
0: does the time go
1: i don't know it just flies wow yeah because that was like march 7th and we're getting into now
0: the early part of may and uh (laughs) the jeff turner was mm-hmm. the third speaker that was the one we were talking about before I flipped the microphone on, and I finally remembered his name and he had a wonderful presentation. That was our first podcast. If you need to go back and check it out, absolutely do so. Uh, and he spoke of the internet and not being afraid of it, using it to your advantage because there's all these new companies what is it offerpad, open door? And, and, you know, you say the Z word and people just start to clinch up a little bit when you talk about Zillow and stuff like that. And, and Rocket Mortgage and, and what these companies do and how they operate and how we can maybe use it to our advantage. That as well. That's quite... Oh, boy, here we go. That's okay. Um, how we can use these things. Uh, same thing happened to me. How we can use this to our advantage uh using social media and the Internet. How we can... Uh, Use those to our advantage. I didn't know if you needed to take that or not.
1: No, I was I was good with that. Fine. You know, I think um, I think we can't be afraid of social media, and we can't be afraid of, as you're saying, the Z word and and some of the um, brokerages that are. Focusing on the I buyer and the I seller, that is a part of the real estate climate and where we are going in mm-hmm. real estate. That certainly is a niche that there are um, sellers and buyers that will do very well with that in terms of what they need personally to get a house listed and get a house sold. Um,
0: They, we there's still a need for the real estate agent. There's still a need for a person. Because this is still a paperwork industry, too. There's still a stack of paperwork.
1: Oh, there is. And um, I believe the statistic from NAR is that even though 90-some percent of buyers start their real estate search online, it's over 80% that use a real estate agent in a brokerage Mm -hmm. situation and it's important to have that personal contact. It's important to have someone that knows the hyper local market uh, where maybe information from Zillow might be a more global view of the real estate market and that might encompass several subdivisions or maybe a five mile radius where really looking at the value of a market is knowing that specific subdivision and having the information from the local MLS as well as public information mm-hmm. available to you.
0: Yeah, there's uh, the the big aspect, I think, of those companies and those online entities is making it painless, I think is what he talked about in that uh that forecast. He, did ta- he did talk
1: about that, and, and certainly there is that is the way those companies are advertising, and there is a niche. There is the person out there that, that needs to list their home and, and get an offer very quickly on it and maybe not have open houses and not have um, people coming through the house. However, they may... In order to have that opportunity, it may be that they are selling their house for less Mm -hmm. monies than it would get if it were represented by a traditional brokerage. Um, But if that's what fits the need of the seller, then there's certainly value in having that, that model
0: out there yeah well and you also you see the commercials on tv and the signs up the Mm -hmm. like we buy ugly houses right there's that aspect of well now i don't have to put in new carpet or paint the place or get the roof fixed for you know x number of dollars in order to put this house on the market and sell it in a traditional way and i think that appeals to some people and uh we we got to figure out kind of i think how to Become part of that or or integrate that into our system a little bit, what do you think
1: i I agree with you, and I certainly would say that for agents that have buyers, that is um, an area of the market that they also want to take into consideration is um, the listings that some of these companies, like open door uh, have. And don't forget that that's a part of the value that you can bring to your buyer.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, do uh, Do we see this market continuing? I I don't see a crystal ball in the room here, but Ugh. you know is is. What, what does the future look like for us here in southern Arizona from from where you sit?
1: You know, I think the future in southern Arizona in terms of real estate is good. I think you're right. We don't have a crystal ball. We can't predict exactly what it's going to be. As I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, the number of listings um, are lower than they have been in some time. However, we do have people still... Um, buying and selling and coming into our area and because of a lot of southern Arizona involves people that are either transferring into uh, the area due to a change in a job situation or or certainly people coming in who are retiring we are a very desirable location so um, I think that the real estate market will continue to grow here we do see new construction happening and we see businesses coming into our area, mm-hmm. and um, all of that is just going to be an opportunity to grow in real estate.
0: And that's good news for me.
1: Absolutely.
0: And it's good news for you. That means we get to keep our jobs a little bit longer. Yeah. And, yes. You know, I'm not going to lose out on that. Annie, thank you so much for coming on the Southern Arizona Real Estate Show.
1: Oh, you. Always so good
0: to see way. you. Uh, hopefully, you'll uh, get stopped by the house sometime soon. I don't like to don't do be that. a stranger. I will not be. Fantastic. Uh, if you're looking for past episodes of the Southern Arizona Real Estate Show, you can find us on Spotify. I put this up on Anchor, Google Podcasts, a variety of other ones, including iTunes. Just uh, hit the search Southern Arizona Real Estate Real Estate Show. If you need to get a hold of me, I am Tom Lapidat with Tierra Antigua Realty. You can get a hold of me at the Southern Arizona Real Estate Show at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook, Southern Arizona Real Estate Show. You can give me a call on my phone, 520 221 1039. This has been another edition of the Southern Arizona Real Estate Show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.